Hey y'all, welcome to Shades of Brown, the podcast that discusses the ever-evolving and sometimes contradicting thoughts of a Black millennial. I'm your host, Ali B, and I'm so very grateful that you are here with me for this episode. If this is your first time with me, well, a very special welcome to you. I hope that you stick around. This week, my special guest is Latasha Hyatt. She is a visual creative, a community advocate, and the program director for the George Washington Carver Museum in my hometown, Dothan, Alabama. Welcome, Latasha. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing real good, ready for this conversation. Yes, yes, yes. So excited to have you and to have this conversation. We have such amazing conversations. I'm like, we got to get one of these things recorded. <laughs> but before, yeah. before we jump into things and start unpacking all of the things, let's mm-hmm. get into this first segment called Adulting is Ghetto. Okay. Um, this segment is where me and my guests share things about adulting that we were not expecting we were not prepared for we were surprised by um it could be the most random thing um but latasha could you share one thing that you one thing about adulting that just took you by surprise like wait i gotta do this yeah um basically um okay so i have this thing about networking right (laughs) networking i have this networking is when you go into a room and you get to know somebody based off of what they can do for you Mm -hmm. essentially and i just think that's a little fake oh my gosh i I never i I feel like it like i have to do it though for work you know i just feel like there's another way uh, we can connect without me having to be kind of this fake nice because i really don't know you but i know what you do and so I would rather come and say, hey, can you, I know you do this. Can you help me instead of Let's forging? Let's just get to it. Yeah. Instead of forging a, like, uh, trying to forge a fake friendship. Man. Like, I feel like I care. I know that's a bit heavy, but that's. No, that's, that's good, though. <laughs> that's good. And it's probably why I just don't network. Like, I am the person who will reach out to you like, hey, how are you? I see that you do this. Let's connect for this purpose. Yeah. Like, yeah, and, yeah. And, and if a true relationship comes out of that, wonderful. You yeah. know what I mean? Like even with this podcast, half the guests that I have on this podcast are is people that I met online that I just shot my shot. I came across their page. They do beautiful things. I'm like, you know what? This aligns. Let me see if they want if they want to come on. I don't want to be your friend, but I actually have amazing friends that I've met that way through my, you know, through my podcast. So it's yeah. like, yeah, let's just let it be organic. But yeah, that's how it's supposed to go. How you do it is how it's supposed to go. Because on the other end of that, if a person is coming into your life to network and they're going, they're coming on the friend, the the friend lane. It's like, are you really my friend? You know, it causes confusion. Yeah. Are you here for this or are you here for that? And yeah. I don't like that. So. Yeah. And I can be super, not naive, but. I, I, a friendship is a core value, right? So I'm like, oh, snap, like, you want to be a friend? And then it's like, wait, you don't want to be a friend. You just want to be a friend. You just want to be a friend. So that's my thing, though. That's a really good one. Man, <laughs> that's good. Of course, you would have like a really like substantial, like, I like, I love it, though. I love it so much. Sorry. <laughs> that was something that has been on my chest. So I, I'm like, this is an opportunity to say this. <laughs> it's a safe space. So I'm 
Um, necessary evil. I wanted to have this conversation about uh, healing from church hurt because unfortunately it is a very common experience and you and I have talked about this in great detail and um, it's some heavy stuff. And depending on where you lie in the conversation, depending on your experience in church, how you feel about church, church culture, the institution, all things, you may or may not have very strong feelings about this topic. Um, this is not to be um, controversial. As a matter of fact, I do plan on having this conversation um, in a well-rounded way. I want to have it from a member's perspective, which is why I have Latasha here. And I also plan to have this conversation with the pastor to have it from their perspective. Um, because it is such a real experience. And so many of us have church trauma, have church hurt, um, have been wounded by church members, by religion at, at, at large, um, but specifically um, the local bodies and local assemblies. We have so many believers have experienced harm in, in those ways. And I wanted to explore it and to give voice to that community who may be struggling in their faith because of church hurt. Um, and what exactly is church hurt? I know that is a term that's thrown around a lot, um, but I found this online and I like how they summarize it. So let me just read this article to you, this excerpt from an article um, online that is listed on loveisbroken.com. Church hurt is the emotional, spiritual, and physical harm caused by a church to others, regardless of intent. This harm could result from a church's leadership or the actions of someone who self-identifies as a Christian. Um, this harm could take the form of an in-person confrontation or an interaction on social media or other. It could be a culmination of things. It may be um, one major wound or a death by a thousand cuts. Um, so that's a synopsis. And I kind of paraphrase what they, what they said, but to quote uh, the article, just to make sure I'm not plagiarizing, <laughs> that is um, from loveisbroken.com. Um, and I like how they uh, summarize it. And I would even say, um, in addition to emotional and spiritual and physical harm, I would say also psychological, psychological harm, because I think that's a lot of it is the psychological piece um, that then has, you know, the emotional and spiritual and honestly, sometimes physical impacts, stress. And anyways, I don't want to get <laughs> ahead, of, ahead of the conversation, but that's just a bit about what exactly we believe church hurt is. Now let's un. Packets. Okay. Latasha, first tell us, um, were you were you raised in church? So so when my mom had me, I she had me, she was very a devout churchgoer when she had mm -hmm. me in her belly. And so um so the age of three, she was a single mom and she was going to church and she was in church. And so when she met my dad, we moved to town over and then we didn't go um as frequently over the years. So then I got officially saved at 19. So there was just a huge space um, in between that. So, okay. Little, yeah. So. so at 19, you like grown, grown by then, you know, you are fully yeah, I was out of the house and everything. So how, so with that gap, you know, where you're not going as frequently, how did you come to realize, okay, I, I want to accept, I want to accept Christ into my life. I want him to be the Lord of my life. How did, how did that come about? I actually thought about this. Um, at, a, at a, another point in my life. And it was, my mom gave me my God consciousness. Mm. She was my first teacher, my mom. You know, she would talk about the Lord. She, Even though she wasn't an avid churchgoer, she was a believer. 
Mm. And she had a relationship and I, I knew that she would always talk about it. But also my prayer life was on point when I was young. Every yeah. day I got into this ritual. I got not a ritual. I don't know. Just I got into this habit of praying every day and I was seeing results. So before I, so from the time up until I actually joined a conventional, like a church, a church, I was still interacting with God. Like mm. I still, and, and we went through a lot of stuff as children where I called on him a lot. Mm. And I feel that. So I was used so I had that he brought me back to that memory of like I've always known you before you walked into wow. and, and joined an actual traditional church. You've always I've always been there. So that was kind of my experience. See, you already like you already hit the getting to the like the good heavy hitting stuff. Oh, oh my no. goodness. That is powerful. Wow. That is yeah. really, really powerful. So with you having that experience, right, where you were already walking with the Lord in your personal life, you know, without, you know, mama and grandma dragging you to church every Sunday, um, when you finally did join the conventional uh, church, do the conventional church thing, what did that mean to you? Uh, what was um, that community for you? Um, it meant stability and consistency. Mm. It, it, it meant I had a good, like, I pray, like I knew to pray to figure out what church I was going to go to. Because mm-hmm. by the time I was already still praying and I would, you know, it was a, a lifestyle um, without it being so religious. It was just a something I knew to get by in life. You know, this is what my mama taught me. Pray to the Lord and he'll answer. And he did. Mm. So it was like, so, you know, it which gives another context to that scripture. Of, I knew you before. Right. Not be. Because sometimes, can I just say this? Sometimes we'd be like, oh, he, he, God recognized me when I joined the church. When I became a part of it. And it's like, no. I Talk about it. Before. I knew you before. You met pastors such as that. Or you, I may have sent you here to get, you know. So I look at that experience as a 19-year-old. I joined the church. I was I was scared. I was going through something, got saved, got baptized. Um, um, but at the same time, it was like they provided a community for me. And they I still have friends, right, that I still talk to. Um, and they provided stability. And I, I felt like it was a place I could always go. So mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't bad for me. Like, yeah, you know, so. So. When you found yourself in this community of believers, um, in this local assembly, and just by the way, I'm just curious, what was what was the denomination? Was it Baptist, non-denominational, so, Pentecostal? So when I was three, it was Pentecostal, but then when I got saved, it was non-denominational with a strong apostolic. So it's like they shifted from apostolic and was like we're non-denominational, but it was that still that strong apostolic energy in, in, within it. So yeah. Most non-denoms are basically Pentecostal. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we ain't going to say it, but I'll say I know. <laughs> Non-denominational is like, hey, we're cool now. Right, right. <laughs> it's like, it's like you know, putting on a fedora. Right. <laughs> same doctrine. You know, right. same yeah, it's like, let's okay, just, we're cool now. Right, let's just throw some hats on, throw some skinny jeans on, you throw some pants. tattoos in there. Right, right. You wear pants and come here now. So... <laughs> So that's what it was. I love that. Okay. Um, That's hilarious, actually. So in this community, was it more, did you find that there was great emphasis on God, on 
God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Or did you find that there was a lot of emphasis on people, on leadership, um, on the pastor? So I was taught that uh, you serve God through people. So it was hand in hand for me. So it was like I was serving God when I was serving people. But also when I was disappointing people, I was disappointing God. And that's when it became like Ooh. unhealthy. Ooh. We teach this concept of like we, God serves us through people, which is the truth, right? We serve God through people. But then it was like when I was missing church service, I was dealing with guilt. When I was, yeah. when somebody would be disappointed in my actions within the church, I would relocate that to not their own opinion, but God's opinion. And that is when it became, and it was simply just how we were taught. Like you are serving God when you're serving the people. So for me, it was, um, it, it all went hand in hand. It all mm. went like God and people were just, it wasn't God, then people. It was mm. like, it's the same mm. for me. Ooh, sheesh. <laughs> I love how you said that because it makes so much sense, right? Because it's yeah. true, you know, how we show our love for God. Is how we show our love to his creation. You know, um, yeah. God is not a, a physical being. We can't touch God. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that is true. We we love him by loving our neighbors. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can get tricky in that conditioning and that teaching, because it's like, man, well, if I'm like you said, if I'm serving God through serving you, then I must be hurting God because I hurt you, even if I didn't mean to hurt you. Yeah, like one time, you know, one, some of my trauma, a lot of my trauma didn't come from, like, I don't know if I could call it, it didn't come from like people like outwardly like doing something. It came from these concepts that I adopted in my life mm. and I adhered to them only to find out that that is not how it works, right? Mm. Or, or like one time I, you know, posted a picture on Facebook and somebody scolded me. And instead of trying to understand where I was at or, you know, they were like, no, you are not a woman. It was that kind of stuff. Mm. Like, you know, but I always was, I always thought that was God saying it because mm. they were higher. Concept, though. That was a person saying something rude. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But, 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 but because they were in leadership. Yeah. So here's the other thing of that. It's like, hey, you know. If I look at you to to speak life over me, or if I look at you in a, leader, a leadership position, I automatically hold you in high esteem. Like you're more spiritual than me. So then when you say something, I know, right? But when you say something, it holds weight. And that must mean God means that as well, because he's using you to speak to me and I ain't there yet. <laughs> I ain't there yet. So what you say got to be right. And that is toxic. It can be. It can mm. be kind of toxic you know it's so. it's it's so toxic because even today i know so many people who have that mentality of i ain't there yet and right the, and then we have to break down well what is there and and when we define there we say well are they there is my pastor there are these leaders there because um again this is so nuanced because you are right like Spiritual leadership is important. They have been called and chosen and assigned to us, chosen by God and assigned to us to help us mature in our faith and develop our faith and grow in God and see God more clearly, right? So they should be honored and held in high esteem and all of the things, right? Like I'm a pastor's kid. So I I deeply believe that. Like I deeply believe that they should be esteemed and highly honored. And I also believe that we all the same. And then yeah. we all humans. 
and the way we're all striving and that there is no there. Now, there may be folks who are more, more devoted, who may have more consistency in their prayer life, who yeah. may have more consistency in studying the word, who may be more in, who may be more um, theologically intelligent. Right. Maybe they're able to break down the word better than I can. Right. Those are things we can measure you know, in time and study, all those kinds of things. But in regards to the matters of the heart and in regards to how God sees us, as believers, I mean, we're all on this journey, right? And even our spiritual leaders are on that journey. They have not arrived. And none of us will arrive until we get our glorified body. And that's just, that's the Bible. Yeah. And take the pressure off of some of these spiritual leaders. Take them off the hood man like it's like we're all human yeah (laughs) we're all human we're all human and man man so yeah I again I think it's very important that we and I think not just with spiritual leadership any leadership I think it's important that we respect their voice right at my job if I have a boss I am submitted to their leadership and I think that there is a conversation for that but in the grand scheme of things as far as my value in God's eyes as far as far as my worth, my salvation, that stuff, we we the same. <laughs> right, exactly. We the exactly. same. Um, yet so many of us are are bogged down because like, well, they said, therefore it must mean God said it. And that's where we get tricky. Because if you cannot line up what your spiritual leader said with the word of God, it's just their opinion. It's just their preference. And that's what it is. Deal with that accordingly. Um, some people don't line it up. They don't even bother. If their leadership said it, then that's it. <laughs> we don't, you know, we don't. And I wasn't, I wasn't lining it up because it was like I found a place that put me in right standing with the Lord. I wanted to be in, in. So it's like whatever y'all say, I'm gonna do. Like whatever you say, if you tell me to jump off a brick, I'm doing it. You know, my trust was that deep, and I think that was my first mistake. Mm. If I would have to say, anything. yeah. And it's tricky, right? Because yeah. I know what that is to to find your safe haven, mm-hmm. to feel like you have been rescued, and God used these people. Therefore, I'm putting my trust in them, and I've and not indebted to them, but we're kind of, sort of, you know. Because like you said, it's like I'll, I'll do anything for y'all. I'll rock with y'all. I'm willing. Yeah, loyalty. 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 That gets real tricky because, um, again, we are humans. And yeah. humans are inevitably going to fail. We're going to fall short. We're going to make mistakes. And putting that much trust in a leader without lining it up with the word, without lining, without aligning their words and their expectations and, their, and all the things with the word, it gets real tricky. And it opens the door for so many things. Like you're saying, it opens the door for, for these concepts and, the, and, and manipulation. It, it just opens the door for all kinds of stuff because we're putting our trust in this man. And let's be clear, when you have that much power, any of, not, just, not just pastors, any of us are susceptible or... Um, probably have a higher propensity to be yes. uh what's the word filled with like what's what I'm looking for not pride maybe that's maybe there's a part yeah, of it maybe, yeah. but you know yeah. it's like it's like oh snap like I got some power these folks listen to me they do whatever I say well let me take advantage of this let me exploit this pow- power you know and again it may not be with ill intent, but we're right. humans and we have to make sure that we are submitted to leadership who have that part of their ego under 
submission. Yeah, like yeah, that reminds me of a scripture, and I'm going to summarize this. But Paul ripped his clothes. I think it's funny. I always remember this. He ripped his clothes off, and he was like, "No, it's not me." He was like, "Because they were looking at him like, oh, is it you? Is it you?" And he's like, "No, like get get off me. Like it's G, it's God. Like get off. No, we're not even doing that." <laughs> Yes. Yeah, it's been you know what I mean? That was his image. Like, we're not even, you're not even about to put that on me. God did that, you know? Yeah. And so I don't want that. I don't really care for that type of, I'm a leader, but it's like, I, that type of responsibility, I don't care for
it was it, that it was that. So church hurt came from purity culture. Me, that was a thing for me. I, you know, it it sad it left it left me stagnant in areas. Purity culture left me stagnant as a black woman trying to be out here conversing with guys. I was confused as to what God did approve and didn't approve, and you know, you look at all these, you know, it's this this level of confusion. Also, the issue of tithing. Um, tithing, it was confusing because the church gives out a lot of mixed signals, right? It's like Jesus loves you unconditionally, but as for us in his house, we have some conditions. Lots of conditions. <laughs> right? Lots. So it's like, wait a minute, you know? So with tithing, it was like, I went through this space where it, I believe that you could, you should tithe, right? I believe that, like, I was an avid tither, but I was also tithing to keep Jesus loving me mm. or to keep him providing for me. And I was a new saint. So I didn't know the ins and outs or the concepts that I know now. But looking back, it was like I had to keep Jesus providing for me. And I had to keep him loving me by giving him my $40 out of my paycheck that I needed to pay my light bill. And then I was picking, hey, your electricity, your electricity or your ties. And so you pay, then you got to have this conversation with yourself that causes anxiety. And it's like, oh, okay, but if you believe in Lord, you you pay these ties and he's going to take care of your electric bill. And it's like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> so it caused, I, I say, not people in concepts that I was taught and really was shunned for not really, if I didn't follow these concepts, then you're, you're, you're kind of shunned too. Yeah. Like, that's not how this works. So fear of man and concepts kind of, and then pe- putting people on a pedestal, they, they're human. Um, but purity culture left me stagnant. I'm still coming out of that. I'm not saying that pure purity is right. It's right. But we overlook a lot of stuff <laughs> and we don't talk about it. And then also tithing. What does that really mean? Um, hmm. And and how does that look in other spaces of, of life? So those are the two things that happen. Man, I love how you're explaining this because it makes it so much more relatable for just the average believer. Because yeah. like in in how I was describing or defining church hurt in the beginning, it said, you know, it's these things regardless of intent. And I think that's so important uh-huh. because I personally don't believe the majority of churches are open to harm people, right? I think that they are established with great intent. And I believe that the majority of spiritual leaders, especially, you know, the pastors that we grew up around, you know, Black pastors, um, specifically Black male pastors, I believe that they truly have, you know, I believe their heart is for ministry, but they're carrying on what they were taught, right? We There are generations of just um, inaccurate theology that are just passed down over and over and over. And, and this is how we get in a space of confusion and, and having to relearn and and learning that, no, we don't have to pay for, for God's love. Because that's essentially what we're saying, right? Right. Because well, yeah, I, 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 I was taught it. Right. If you don't tithe, you're going to have you gonna have a hole in your pocket. If you don't tithe, you're going to be cursed. If you don't tithe these, all these things. But then it's like, but wait, I'll be so. So, yes, I've, I've always been an advertiser as a kid. Right. You get birthday money. 
you're tithing because you don't want to be cursed. You don't want to be experiencing all of these diseases and illnesses, right? Because again, I was taught you don't tithe, your life gonna fall apart. Then, then you become an adult and your life falls apart anyway. <laughs> I'm like, I paid my money this month, Lord. Like, why is this not, Listen, why is this not working for you me? You struggle anyways. And you realize, oh, there is not a direct line here. Life is just life. Exactly. And I remember, uh, I can always, and this is a, con- I don't know if it's controversial, but I think people have gifts. We talk about them all the church, all the time in the church. But I remember sitting in the car, getting ready to pay my tithes in front of church. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, quit treating me like a bill. Mm-hmm. I heard him say that. It's hard to be a cheerful. And also it's hard to be a cheerful giver when you're giving out of anxiety and fear. Mm-hmm. Come on. Like, you know, it's like it's hard to we 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 say these things like be cheerful. Well, I am anxious because this is my last of my last. I'm about to give it to y'all, and I gotta go figure out how I'm gonna pay my bills. And how unfair is that, right? Like how unfair is that to position your people to position people in the church that makes them choose because that's just yeah. not that's just not like we. We are not, what is the scripture? We live in this world, right? But we are not of this world. But we very yeah. much exist, have to exist in this world. Therefore, we have to submit to the laws of this world, right? When rent yeah. is due, we got to pay you that much. And, and I was, yeah, I was an avid tither. And one time I had to borrow money to church and I had to pay that stuff back. It was not a, was, I had to pay it back. And I was an avid tither. Listen. So that took me up a little bit too. And I was like, wait a minute, you know? And I love how Creflo Dollar um, came out of my, well, I want to say sometime early 2022. I'm not exactly uh, sure, but I may try to link it, I'll add the link mm-hmm. to the descri- description so you guys can reference it. But I love how he came out and basically apologized for his erroneous teaching of tithing up up until this point and he made and he made an example like yo if you are struggling and you know you have to choose between your lights being put on or being put off cut off and tithing god is not mad that you t- are taking care of your basic human necessities like god said it is he isn't mad at that right and but like you said we, we're dealing with anxiety and we're dealing with this performance christianity yeah. or this performative christianity where we have to earn what we say has been freely given to us. Which one is it? Make it make sense. Did he die for my sins or not? Am I free indeed or not? Is there <laughs> grace or is it the law? Which one is it? Let, let's speak, let's make it plain. Right? Let's make it plain. If God's love is unconditional, then it's unconditional. Period. There's a period yeah. there, right? And yeah. again, and this is it's, 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 for me, it's all about this and that. And I, and I, I don't want to. Not too much, but this, this one last part is yes, it is important to be generous. That is a biblical principle. That is a Christ-like principle. Yes, we should be giving to our churches because the pastor needs to get paid. There's staff. The church got lights. The church got utilities. There are there, there are a lot of programs that go on that go on at most of these local assemblies that need funding. Right? They need funding. So yeah. give, donate, but don't be stupid. Because I had to, I'm like, I'm like, here I am as a single woman trying to advance financially, do all these things, meet all the milestones, right? And I see, and I keep seeing year after year on my budget, one of the biggest line items is my tithe. And I'm like, 
Lord, like I keep struggling and I just keep, you know, pinching away at every other line. And I keep pinching away at every other line item, but I can't seem to get ahead because I I was one of those who, t- who tied off of gross, not even net, yeah. like tithing off of my gross income. Yeah. And I'm like, Lord, what, like, I can't, I can't sustain this way. Like I'm trying to like really get over the hump, you know? And I had a whole situation where he's like, like, relax. It's just not that serious. Do what you can. I'm going to be, I'm going to provide, right? Like I'm going to provide period because you're mine. I am a good father. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm a good, I got you. I know your heart. Your heart is to please me. Relax. And I just, I, I hope people don't leave this conversation thinking, okay, so I'm not going to tie that anymore. Like, no, that's not what we're saying. What oh. we're saying is a lot of these principles that we learned, we in, internalize them erroneously. Yes. And it's important for us to try to get proper understanding and all that getting. Getting understanding. And that's what I've done over the years because I was, I don't really, I don't know if I was angry at the church or just angry at myself. I don't know, but I know God sent me where he sent me too, to learn. So yeah. it's like, you know, take the, you know, take the meat throughout the bones kind of energy. But at that time I wasn't um, thinking about also my vulnerabilities and my, um, as a young woman needing that stability, needing something to hold on to, needing something to validate who I was also was a, was a huge factor in that. So I um, know I'm not saying don't tie, but also I will say this, if your t- money is seed, you know, money is seed. And, and if a garden is not producing what you want it to produce, are you going to plant there? If you want to grow watermelons and the soil is good for corn, are you going to put your seed there as well? So if you look around you and because I think that once you you plant, it, like wherever you give money, you'll, you'll get a, a, a return. Yes. You, you know what I'm that saying? That is the principle. <laughs> and thank you for exactly. saying that. That's the principle, right? Yeah. That. There is this law of reciprocity. There is this. There is this yes. law of sowing and reaping. There is this law of planting and building yes. and harvesting. That is the principle, right? And generosity is one of those things, right? If I am sowing kindness, I am going to receive that. You know, if I am sowing um, um, uh, mentorship or whatever, right? So we can sow all kinds of different things. If I'm sowing quality time, whatever it is. We get that we get we get those things in return, and it may not always look exactly how we sold it, but we get it back, and that is true. Because I've got a tons, of, I got tons of stories in just this past twelve to eighteen months about seed I've sown, and how it just returns. I mean, I would growing up, I would always wonder like, what what these folks mean? They get unexpected checks in the mail, and they get. I, it's been happening to me, y'all. Like left and right, I'm like, wait, what? I got what? Where is this coming from? But it's because of seed I've sown, but. Also, is because I, my my thinking changed. I'm not doing that yes. obligation anymore. Yes, that is the my the thinking paradigm shift is yes. is one of the things I learned a, a while ago. And it's like, okay, you were you can like okay. So when I didn't pay my tithes, I felt like my life was going to fall apart. And then those weeks, things would happen. I'd be like, oh, it's because I didn't pay my tithes. When I paid my tithes, things great, you know, things will happen. I'm like, it's because I paid my tithes. And it's like, no, it's because your mind 
your mind is bringing, you know, bringing those things in. Yes. And this is what you believe about yourself. This is what you believe about the situation. Talk about it. <laughs> this that is belief, that is real. We manifest what we believe. That's it. That's, that's as simple as that. Is, that's is that simple. We manifest what we believe and check your thoughts because I'm, I'm not trying to manifest nothing I don't want in my life. You know what I'm saying? So these, uh, so with tithing, it was like, then I just began to put my money where I felt spirit led me to put it to, you know, whether it was a, a single mom, whether it was somebody over here that needed something that made me feel more fulfilled. Not that I would never give to a church. That's not what I'm saying, but it's like, I know you sent me here and I'm going to give it all. Like I gave it, you know, because I know I was sent here. Supernatural kind of stuff. You yeah. Know? That's more exciting to me. I don't know. Yeah. That's a good and like you said, I love that you said spirit led because yeah, you're, yeah. you're not, it's not, oh, I'm not going to get to church. Let me just go do this. Let me go give an alternative way. You're saying, no, I, I'm being spirit led. Holy yeah. Spirit, let me to this single mother or let me to this nonprofit over here or let me to, you know, get some book bags for some kids to go back to school, what, whatever it is. Right. Um, what pastor would speak against that? Nobody. Hopefully. What emotional challenges did you experience going through this? I know you talked about anxiety. Yeah. Um, but were there other emotional challenges you experienced coming to the awareness, you know, that you've got to go through all this unlearning? Yeah. A lot of it didn't come until I started coming, going through my deconstructing. But I thought it was fine until I get out here. You know what I'm saying? And it's not, things aren't working the way that I... I know, and here I'll speak for myself. I was purity culture 2.0, right? And now you will find, and I'm not going to, to live in that energy, but you will find a lot of women who have who have stayed the stay the race, but are angry. Very angry. They don't want to tell anybody though that they're angry that this didn't span out or they didn't find their husband. Their husband didn't come because they kept their legs closed or, you know, magically appeared. Oh, you kept your legs closed for two years. So here's your husband. Because that's how it, <laughs> that's how it's portrayed. Like, and so that, that was the biggest thing. I think as a 39 year old black woman who has been taught that you're going to get, you're going to have a, you're going to have family, you're going to have this. That was the eye opener. Now I feel differently about it all yeah. because yeah. I also realized I don't know if I wanted that life. Mm. I didn't know if I, you know, as I healed, it was like, mm, was I did I want it because you told me I should want it, or do I want it? Because maybe I'll be I'll be okay being single and having a yeah a date here and there, you know, like yeah. depending on I, you know, you were the I don't know if I want kids, and you kind of freed me up on that one, friend. Like. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was like, oh, we can do that. <laughs> That's so real though. But even yeah. that, even that, even coming into the awareness that I have a choice. Yes. yes. It, it, it's it's powerful to come into that space because you're just like, oh, wait, if I don't want children, I can say that. I can say that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. and again, all of these things that we're talking about, we are talking from this perspective of a believer who is submitted to Christ and the yeah. will of God overrides everything, right? Overrides all of my preferences, overrides all, whatever that is that. But yeah, so many of us don't even know that we have options. And I think to your point about purity culture, one, acknowledging two, apologizing and 
thirdly, course correcting when it comes to this conversation around sex. Because let's be honest, we have also have to, we have to deal with biology. Faith, spirituality does not override science. Miracles do. Miracles do, right? We and we, and we believe in miracle signs and wonders. Yes. But we yes. should not have to rely on miracles to have a baby. We should yes. not have to rely on miracles to get to find a husband. These are simple things. They should not be overcomplicated. And, and you're talking, like you, like you said, you're 39 years old. And I and I'm believing for you, friend, that you're going, you know what I'm saying, find your family, all the things, right? But let's be real about our bodies. There is a such thing as a biological time, a clock. You know what yes. I'm saying? Um, and when you, you're talking about thousands upon thousands of women who have given their greatest years. And when I say greatest, I mean biologically. Yeah. Right. Because again, we're talking about building families, right? Wanting a husband, waiting to get a husband. And you realize, wait a minute, my prime time for my body to house a child and to birth, all those things, it is a timeline. It is. And that's just, it's what it is. Science and faith do not oppose each other. They can work hand in hand together. So we've got to be real about that. And I think that, and again, I don't believe any of our leaders leaders have intentionally um, messed us up in that way psychologically. I don't think that that, that was the intent. Like you said, purity is a good thing, but purity by itself, it should flow into all aspects of our lives. Our hearts should be pure. Furthermore, that's what the scripture was talking about anyways. The scripture was not talking about be pure in your vaginas, right? Um, It just wasn't. Whatever. No, I'm good. no, you're right. <laughs> and, 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 and to that, our vaginas are pure. They're self-cleaning ovens, okay? Like, they're yeah. they're fine. Your vagina is fine. Your vagina is pure, ladies. <laughs> it's fine. It is a creation of God. It's good. God created the vulva, the vagina, the canal, the clitoris. It is good. It is God's creation, and it is good. Your body is good, okay? Yes, but yes, yeah. we, it's just like, let's be real. Let's be real about science. You know what I'm saying? Like if I'm 50 years old and celibate and had none and I'm just believing for a man of God. Yeah. I mean, right? Is that, that's all I'm saying. Can we it, actually, yeah. I'm asking that we have a real conversation about it, right? Because I spent many years praying my hormones away, praying men away. If you didn't fit it left me with realist, unrealistic expectations as far as the men that I was even looking for. You couldn't have told me he wasn't going to float in on a cloud in the, in the sanctuary during service and look at me and say, I'm your wife. But that is because I, I really heavily depended upon these concepts to bring order and structure to my, my very rocky existence. <laughs> Man. You know? And... <laughs> And I shared this on because I, I had a, an episode um, called Purity Culture uh, with a friend of mine who had a very similar experience. And uh, thankfully, you know, she's married now, happily married, all is well there. She found she found a man. Child. Okay. <laughs> but um, but I remember telling um, her that in the episode that I I. I know I could be married by now, but. Years ago in college, I let good men go because they did not fit my um, idea of what a man of God was, right? They didn't fit that. And it's one guy in particular, when I look back, when I look back on my dating history, right? And always trying to make sure that they are a believer and they love the Lord and all these things. That guy that I let go, he was the one man that didn't break my heart. The one man that didn't break my heart. The one man who treated me good, right? You know, was faithful, all the things. 
But I was like, yeah, it's just not what, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't fit that box. And it's like, I didn't know that's what I was doing then, but this is what that teaching and that conditioning and that programming does. And it's just, it's so flawed. It is incredibly flawed and it's heartbreaking, right? Because God doesn't, God designed us for connection and, and relationships and all the things, you know, and here you are, here we are praying away. What is by just by design? Exactly. And it's like, so it, I used to joke and be like, Hey, is the, is the church keeping black women single? But then it's like, Hey, Hey, that's a conversation to be had because I've over, because you had to be saved. You had to be this. I was not going to be with nobody that did not believe, you know, but I don't know anybody's heart that comes over time. Only God knows the heart. So I can't look at a man. You can have all a three piece suit and be in church every Sunday. Those are kind of sometimes the, the worst, not the worst. I'm not generalizing, but sometimes I, my bad look, <laughs> because you also have a lot of, ox, I call it sharks in the water. I mm-hmm. just like funny so yeah. when a new man comes into the church, you can see how emo- you can see how touch deprived and, and, and intimacy deprived black women are because they it's like blood in the water, okay, and it's sharks coming to that stake. And it's like that's not good. Yeah, I know we and we get competitive for this one man. Then he gets to date like two or three women in the church. He gets to go around though. Like he, you know, we don't talk to men about but and furthermore, they don't want to date women in the church because of that very thing. The minute they date one, it doesn't work out. They date another one. Now they're labeled a hoe. And it's like, I'm just getting to know people, right? But now I'm the church hoe. So how about this? I won't date anyone in the church. I'll go out there and get them, right? So we're yeah, yeah. so we're in the church looking for our man, and he's not in the church looking for us. He's somewhere else. At all. At all. He's somewhere else. So yeah, and just just maybe in the past, maybe in the past year, I've decided that I am more focused on someone's character and I want to I want to allow them the time to show me their character because that's what's going to count in the long term you know um the matters of the heart of course I want to be saved of course I want to go to heaven but I want to be loved well first thank you right you know what I'm saying and and that may be controversial that may not land all that well on folks but it's like hey I've done the dating the dudes in the church. I mean, and it's crazy that you have to, and you have to put that disclaimer on there, okay? But it's crazy that me, you saying, looking at a person's character and what they show you would be controversial as opposed to just dating a guy in church. Like you, I have overlooked so many red flags because they were in church. Girl, oh, he served a pastor. Yeah, he got to church. Oh, he, so he was good. He First did. thing my parents ask you, do he go to church? I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care what you do on Sundays. How do you treat me? Exactly. Are you kind? Are you generous? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, will you be faithful? Will you be screwing all the folks in the choir? Are you from the streets? Or are you, you know? You know, like, yeah. I think, though, for real, you should have a panel about the, um, what you said. I know. I actually have been working on it, talking to a because talking to uh, um, a pastor, I realized that they go through trauma, too, which you going to Yeah. Like, ooh, I got to look at, I got to pull back because there's a level of sacrifice in leadership. Oh, uh, yeah. Huge level of sacrifice. So we don't want to, oh, we don't want to dismiss that either. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, 
Yeah. I want to. <laughs> so um, I know you said you have, you still have a ton of friends, you know, that you, you know, yeah. developed, had met in church and stuff, but were there relationships you had that were negatively impacted by your transition and um, evolution? So this may or may not be controversial. I don't know. Um, but I believe in being led by the spirit and I, I don't. And so there were like, when I left my, I call it my home church. To, mm-hmm. to, I felt like it was the Lord telling me to go, like it was time for me to grow. Right. Mm-hmm. I think. And so because we grow and maybe have to leave or go elsewhere, we're not, it's not taken so kindly. So then you have people that will stop talking to you. Right. Or stop. You know, it's like a it's like a club. You leave the game. You leave the game, and you you they don't. That's exactly it. You know, now I have good relationships, but over years I've cultivated those relationships back. But also, I went back to um, because sometimes we don't leave in the right way either. Mm-hmm. I have to look at myself. Yeah, I was so scared. We don't we don't exit the right way either, girl. <laughs> Be real. So if a church has given its time and energy and efforts to you and has loved on you, and even though it wasn't perfect and you just get mad and you go, that's 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 kind of crazy. And that's some things that I wish I could have did differently as far as uh, transitioning to different mm-hmm. spaces. Yeah. Saying this is why and this is what I feel. Now, would they have, I wasn't strong enough then and I think they probably would have given me some pushback so <laughs> you know because we also have to accept a person's decision as well mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um but there's a way for that to be done and I wish I could have but I went back and apologized you know I kind of made it right I don't like that yo thing. talk yeah. about that though I, the same thing happened to me um I was serving at a church and I was giving my all you know the best that I knew how I of yeah. course you know, aired in a lot of ways, but long story short, I ended up leaving and I thought I left the right way. He released me. My pastor released me that my last Sunday, he gave me flowers. Like it was a whole thing. you right. I thought I left the right way. Years later, I got committed so bad and I just couldn't release from my spirit. I'm like, Lord, what is, why do I keep thinking of him? And like, why, what is this? And the Holy Spirit was like, cause you need to go, you need to go apologize. <laughs> you didn't leave the right way. Yes. I released you, but you still left the wrong way. Go back and apologize. Yeah. Oh, man. It's hard too. It's hard. Sometimes, yeah, it's I just have so much respect, right? For what they were in my life. Even I just had so much respect. And and I think that uh the Holy Spirit kind of was like, look, they were this to you. Don't discount. Even in my anger, I had to pull back, even my anger at the church. I went through a space of anger. And it was like, hey, we cannot discount, right? Because we want to discount everything is yeah. good to can't do that so I just respected uh my first lady uh so much because she was such a mother and she, I still have a relationship with her um she mothered me and loved on me in several spots I could not live and walk this earth without really going back and just letting her know I appreciated yeah that that space you know? what was the time period between you leaving and then you going back and apologizing I would say probably like six years mm. I had moved here I moved here and I just um I had trouble finding church I still and it's not that here I'm a different person in Alabama like I grew to to different so certain, certain things just don't sustain me anymore mm-hmm. and um 
I'm, I realized what I was, I missed or what I had or mm. just that felt that closeness or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like I needed to give her, I needed to let her know, like yeah. just of all that she had done for everybody else or and for me it's like look your your efforts are not sometimes we need to let leadership know that their efforts are not in vain yeah. come on like, you you sacrifice but this you planted these seeds years ago and look what I'm doing now mm-hmm. that's off of what you 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 put into me so um that's yeah, real. I respected my relationship with that with that church so much that it, and I still do like I still that's do. beautiful I love that yeah and I'm sure it does their heart good too because and again yeah. like like we said I do plan on having this conversation from a pastor's perspective and like regardless of what happened like that is a wounding too because they, like they it's something they built and when they have cultivated these people or they pour into these people and they leave or something happens or the there's a rupture in the relationship that is a heartbreak for them you know in a lot of ways so I'm sure it does it, I'm sure that did wonders for her heart. Yeah. Um, I think that's so beautiful of you and so honorable of you to not only come into the awareness of that, but to express it. That that that's really really dope. Yeah. Um. So in that time frame, right? You've moved in, and I know this personally, but can you um let us know where you moved from and to? Oh, okay. So I'm from Indiana, Muncie, a little small dot in the middle. It's in the middle of Central Indiana. Uh, Ball State University. That I have to say that so people kind of maybe know. Or Garfield, the cartoon that was originated there. <laughs> well, I think so. I, you know, uh, or the 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 actual uh, illustrator was there. But that mm-hmm. I have to say that. So Muncie, Indiana, moved here nine years ago, um, and just been working nonprofit seventeen years, and just been working in the community. That's my calling. Part of yeah. my calling is community work. So. So moving here, like you say, nine years ago, that was really the beginning of your deconstruction period and your unlearning yeah. and relearning and rediscovering. In that period, um, how did you um, deconstruct in a way that did not disconnect you with God? Or were you disconnected from God and had to come back? What, what was that like? Well, I went through this period when I first moved. I lived in Abbeville for like a year a year or two I know right I was just ducked off and I was getting reacquainted with my my little nephews there were one or two one and two and let me tell you something this is gonna be weird and to some but I was getting a lot of downloads Mm. I was a lot of spiritual I was having a lot of spiritual experiences now I had them back home and the church atmosphere that I grew up in really cultivated cultivated and honored the prophetic and the supernatural Mm -hmm. so it wasn't uncommon right but I think when I moved to Abbeville I was getting so the first church I went to um now that one that was rough because it was like it was very controlling and I would get downloads uh from the Holy Spirit of, of things that were not right so I would try I would love to turn a blind eye because that gives me ignorance is bliss I want to just sit in the church you know what I'm saying but it seemed like when I moved God was like well, let me show you something else now right it's like you you've been here you've been cultivated you were in Indiana you learned you grew and then let me show you another side of the church that you may have missed mm. I don't know that, I don't know that it's commonly understood that people who are gifted spiritually specifically when it comes to discernment and or the prophetic that ain't something you ask for. And no. the majority of things that you, we are enlightened to, we don't want to know. 
we'd rather not know. <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah, we'd rather not know because it's it's just like like wait a minute, you it's, know, it's so many layers. So I yeah, I'm sure that was so challenging to because like all right lord you you gave me this for a reason i gotta do something with it and then it's met with opposition or resistance um that's unfortunate and let me say this too though any believer who has a strong prayer life you will experience some level of the critic because yeah. as you're praying god is going to talk to you thank you there you go it's it's simple it's very simple yes it's, it's very simple I think that we all have gifts. I think we all have spiritual connections that are God-given and we can choose to use them or turn them off. I choose to use mine and grow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because that's uh, my light in the darkness. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, I can't be without it, you know? So. Mm. Um, So as you are... um, I don't want us to miss this though, because I feel like okay. this is a very common experience. Because I experienced the same thing when I um uh not left the church because I didn't leave the church. I just moved cities, and it was hard. Like you said, it was hard to find a yeah. church, and I found myself having more of these like personal interactions and encounters with God versus in the yeah versus in the conventional space in a global assembly. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I was I was having more encounters on my kitchen floor you know than I was at, at church so I, I don't want us to miss this when you say like you moved down here and you were looking for church homes but it was hard for you and yet you were experiencing a heightened sense of spirituality and a heightened yeah. sense um of download I think that that is key because there is a way for us to experience God that is not solely and completely dependent upon a pastor. We have to cultivate our personal walk. Mm -hmm. And I think oftentimes that's what propels us to that because we don't have that crutch. We don't have, you know, that consistency of the community, right? We don't have the Sunday and Wednesday or maybe for other Sunday and Tuesday, right? It's the Sunday worship service or unless you, you know, maybe, maybe you're seven day and you do Saturdays um, or, you know, the Bible study on Tuesdays and Wednesdays or whatever your schedule is, right? Like when you don't have that consistency, you are pushed to get it for yourself. And I think that it's really key to note you saying that you're experiencing even all, all these downloads when you're not even connected to a local assembly. Yeah. And I, people need to hear that because it's like, man, what what if we get to a space where there are no churches, no buildings, you can't go? Well, what we, what we did get to that space. It's like, where, you know, there's not this, what if, you know, what if we get to where it's never coming back? Okay. Yeah. You know, or, yeah. or something like that. You know, I hate to say, but it's like, man, when I was going through what I was going through, I didn't, I got angry because I found myself having to pick between the Holy Spirit and a pastor. Ooh. So that's what made me angry. Cause I had already had like, not that I know everything. I was not going to tell me, you know, some, you do need leadership. You do need correction. But I was having these experiences. I would go to a church and it would be not what, it would be clearly not what God was saying or not, or there would be some manipulation. I've been woken up at 3 a.m. in the Holy Spirit telling me I'm mani- I'm being manipulated. Mm. That's scary. I had never experienced anything like that. Mm. But it was I knew it, I had to like I knew I had to experience it though. Mm. You know, 
Um, so, um, and then I was just having a, the spiritual realm is real. I, <laughs> I don't know what yeah. to say. But, yeah. You know, what are we talking about? You know, if you can't accept and embrace that, what are you talking about in these churches then? Mm-hmm. Like, what? Because mm-hmm. Paul says, live in the spirit. What do you think you think? What do you think that means? You know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, so it, um, I don't know, unapologetically, mm-hmm. I live in this space now. With you being in this unapologetic space, right? And you clearly are saying you are a believer. You don't yeah. knock the church. You know, you're just yeah. a bit, you have a bit more, um, you have more clarified expectations when it comes to the churches you will attend, join, that kind of thing. For listeners who struggle with that, you know, who don't really want to disconnect from a local assembly, but they're just tired of the BS. What are some of those things you look for to say, all right, this is a, this is a, God lives here. God resides here. I can trust, I can trust this space to connect to, um, to give to all those things. What are some of those things that make you a bit more comfortable and at ease? Um, I don't ever go into a church uh, blindly. There's no perfect church, right? So if you go in thinking that everything's going to be perfect, that's your first mistake, right? You have like they tell you to accept your husband and all of it. You need to go into a church accepting all of it if you've committed to that, right? And I'm not in a church because I understand that now. God was like, you need to understand it. So until I'm ready to commit, right? I'm not going to walk up in that space. I might come and visit, but I was going to churches also and building relationships and then leaving because I wasn't ready. And that didn't feel good either. Mm. Right. You're right. It didn't feel good to be in and out of that. Cause I was going to the same church for like 10 years, Yeah, you know, so that didn't feel good. So don't go if you're going to be swayed by the first thing that happens. Right. Or if the pastor doesn't do, because these people are all human. You go to connect, you go for community, you go for uh, concepts and specifics, but not necessarily to be, um, to have somebody be the foundation and yeah. all of the thought process. Like, no, but like, you're still on your own. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're sound, yeah. 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 Sound you, doctrine. Um, you never can walk away from God, right? You can leave a church, but you never can walk away from God. Um, he's always there. And that's the beauty, and that's what makes me fall in love with him. Because when I'm going through my my ups and downs and my upheavals, he's still there. He's still operative, right? Which makes me love him. More. Did you believe that when you first disconnected, when you moved, and and you were, you know, you found your, yourself in this space where you didn't have a church home? Did you truly believe that in the in the in the going through that God was for you, even though? You were not serving at the same capacity. You were not giving at the same capacity. You were not connected at the same capacity. Did you really believe that then? Yeah, because I still saw him in my life. Mm, I love that. He was speaking to me. You know, he still was walking with me. I still, I had, he is all that I've had. My mom is kind of that same. It's like, you're, he's all that I've ever, I can remember times as a child, I can get emotional. It's like, I, I, you, you've never left. Mm. And so I don't know what else to say, but yeah. when I didn't feel when I was going from church to church, sometimes I would be led to these churches for a specific reason that I'd find out later because you told me nothing is for now and I hold on to that, you know? <laughs> so it's like, okay, um, yeah, he's just I never questioned that because he'd always he'd always been there. 
You know, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I love that so much. And I hope that for for listeners who have wrestled with that and and that is a point of tension for you, not um, fully embracing the true, unconditional, unwavering, faithful, reckless love of God. I hope that you understand that as you wrestle with your spirituality, as you wrestle with um, what is sound doctrine, what is not, as you wrestle with denominations and religion and man-made systems and principles, as you wrestle with all of it, I hope that what is unshaken is your belief in the fact that God is for you and he will never stop chasing you. His love does not run out. It is overwhelming and it is good. And it it um, allow allow that love in and I think that that has to happen at the mental level. Our minds have to be renewed. Um, and so what, in whatever space you are in, um, figuring out who God is, even if you are all the way on the outside where you're like, I'm done with all of this, ask God to prove himself to you. If you're struggling to believe that he's even real, it's yeah. I'm like, yo, I need, I, I don't. If this is you, I don't, because that, that was me. That <laughs> no, was me. Know, right? <laughs> I'm like, ask, if this is you, I don't want it anymore. Exactly. And you you said something, you were saying something in your last statement, because you were like, if you wrestle with this, if you wrestle with that, the denominations of this, this and that, there is, I'll say this, and this is something I, that the Holy Spirit showed me, and I, I'll boldly say that, is that there's a lot of distractions in the church from keeping people from God. Do you know that I stopped also going and visiting churches because I was tired of being vetted, right? I was tired of being a single woman, going, having to get, who your mama, who you, you know, going through that process of, do we know you? We don't know you, question mark. So now you got to deal with all this energy, right? Because you're new. Then they get used to you, but you still got to deal with a little energy. Now I've I've been to some beautiful churches like where I've I've cultivated relationships, right? But it was not before they got to know me. Mm-hmm. And that that is a very tiring task if you're looking for a church. Okay? Because you got to go through that every time you go to a new church. Now if you go one or two times, they ain't gonna say nothing. If you keep coming, they like, oh well, well, she's continuing to come. Let's figure out who this person is. And I know it's all with good intention, but it can be exhausting. <laughs> As well, when uh, you have a lot, you have women, we don't, so we just side-eyeing each other, you side-eye, you know, it's just this energy that you contend with that distracts you from connecting with uh, the source. And sometimes it's easier to stay home and connect in your room than to go through all of that. So I will say that. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's real. Yeah. It's real. Church politics is real. Ooh, and I ain't got as heavy, and I, you got to deal with them. Yeah. But I'd rather not. Mm. <laughs> Sometimes, so, yeah. Um, How would you, this, and this, and this will be my last question. This has been okay. so powerful, and girl, this is just <laughs> good. How would you encourage another believer to recover from church hurt without losing their faith in God? Oh. That's a good one. Um, I would encourage them to recover from church hurt by looking at themselves. We always are pointing the finger, right? But if you look at yourself and say, okay, and take situations that caused you trauma in the church and say, well, what did I, you know, what did I not take your power back? 
take your power back. You know, what did I not do or what could I have done or what did I in some situations you, there was nothing you could do. Right. But it's still don't be held hostage to that and don't hold God hostage for a human being's actions. Cause that's what you end up doing. That's what I was doing. I'm like, you've been faithful and now I'm mad. I, I, you know, cause, cause sister such and such sister, sister Bean, you know, sister beans told me this and now I'm, I don't know about Jesus anymore. Those are two different entities. One is way bigger than the other. So I would say, take a look at yourself. Be, be healed. Ask the Lord for healing. And it doesn't matter. We're not pointing our fingers. We're not blaming. We're healing because they wounded you out of their wounds. So sometimes you can't go and get an answer. But you do have to take care of yourself and your mental well-being. So I would say, I would say that heal and focus on why you were there in the first place. If it made sense in the first place, you know, really calm out that stuff is what I would say before you go back into a church. And that's what I'm doing now. That's so powerful. I love that. I love that so much. Thank you for your vulnerability. Thank Thank you you for making it plain, man. Like you, you made it so plain. It's just, this was some good stuff, some very good stuff. I especially love how you, spoke about your personal experience while also having, it's just very evident that you have a very high regard for the church, for God's church, for the bride of Christ. And I think that that is very beautiful. And and it speaks to God in you, you know, Um, that you're able to see it, see things so clearly and to not throw the baby out with the bathwater. so thank you. Thank you again for being here. And I am certain that that people will be blessed by by what you've shared. Um, so yeah, this oh, man, this is just good. Yeah. I look forward to the panels you'll have. Um, I know I'm, it's coming. It's listen, because this uh is the church causing black women to yeah. be single. That yeah, I know. It's like, can we talk about this a little bit? Let's and, talk um, about it. Right. So <laughs> yeah, so we's coming, and this is encouraging, encouraging me to yeah, kind of yeah. Well, so, well, all right, let's get into this next segment, brownie points. This is a segment that is set aside for us to celebrate a recent victory, whether big or small. Uh, so, Latasha, what are you giving yourself brownie points for this week? Um, I'm giving myself brownie points for um, just. N- not being in my head and experiencing mm-hmm. the moment. That's what I've been trying to do this week, just experiencing people, not having no expectations, letting them be letting them be in my space as they are. Mm. It's stressless, less stress. That is <laughs> so, a good one. Yeah, that is a good so. one because just this week, I've been trying to get to that space and it's so hard to just experience people, especially, yeah. especially in the dating realm where you're like, oh my God. It's just so hard to just. That's a whole other level. It's like it's but when you experience, I'm I've been experiencing people through a cage with boundaries. Yeah, I don't know what you got going on, so I got to also protect my heart. But um, and just enjoying people and looking past what I see sometimes. So you are ministering to me. You don't even know it. Oh, oh. okay. Okay. <laughs> my Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I am giving myself brownie points for um, going to bed earlier. I 
two nights this week, I went to bed before midnight. And that is just unheard of for me. I'm typically up <laughs> to like three, four and five o'clock in the morning. And it's okay. just a really, really, really bad habit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like this, I, I don't know. It's just really, I can just see the difference when I have yeah. like longer days, I can yeah. get more done. And even though, like, even when I'm up super, super late, like three and four in the morning, I'm still, um, I don't know, I do be sleeping. <laughs> I, I'm up I'm up for the same, same amount of hours. It's just I can do so much more. Like when stores are open, I can run errands. I can run more errands and just get more things done. So yeah, I, uh, this past Saturday, um, I was like, dang, I got a lot done. I went, I did this, I did that. It was good. Like, no, it felt so good, you nice. know? When typically I'm not starting my day on a Saturday. I'm yeah. not like starting, starting, starting my day till like late afternoon, you know, and it's like, dang, it's, it's, I can do stuff around the house, but like, I don't, I can't do a ton around the city, you know? And so it just felt good to just go to bed. Yeah, that, that's so good. Yeah, get up early, go to, I had time to go to Starbucks this week. I'm like, oh. Um, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know that feeling. That's a, productivity is a good feeling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it really is. So that's what I'm giving myself brownie points for. If you're watching on YouTube, I would love for you to share with us in the comments what you are giving yourself party points for this week. Again, big or small, it doesn't matter. The goal here is just to get you thinking about what you've done well and not what you keep messing up or whatever. We don't want to dwell on all the things that we do wrong. Let's give ourselves some some grace and some compassion and find something that we have um, achieved. Um, Latasha, again, thank you so much. Please share with my, yeah, please share with my guests where we can follow you, keep up with you, how we can support you, what you got going on, what your social media accounts are, all that stuff. So I am on Facebook as Latasha Hyatt, Instagram as Latasha Hyatt. Also, you can follow me at the Carbon Museum on Instagram and Facebook, and you can follow what we're doing in the, in the community there. So. Wonderful. You do so much for the community, man. That's. Uh, I, I just appreciate it. That, that's Thank wonderful. You. Yeah. I love it. That's it's wonderful. <laughs> um, and for my listeners, if you would like to buy some Shades of Brown merch, please do so by visiting shadesofbrownpodcast.com or you can just click the link in the description below. If you would like to become a sponsor of an episode or the rest of the season, please do so. I would love to promote um, your products and your services, you can find more information with the link in the description or just by going to the website. If you want to start a podcast, but you're just not not sure where to start, you're a bit discouraged with all of the logistics, I would love to help you. Please reach out to me and schedule a free consultation. Um, the link for that is also in, also in the description. Your voice is needed too. This is, yes, everyone has a podcast, but if you got something to say, Start your podcast. It's fine. If you like, to, if you would like to support the podcast in ways that do not cost you anything, uh, please follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Shades of Brown Podcast. Please subscribe to my mailing list. The link for that is in the descri- description below. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Please click subscribe now if you're watching on YouTube. Please leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts if you're listening on on Apple Podcasts, and of course. Uh, the sweetest thing you could do, the most kind, the kindest thing you can do is just share this podcast, share this episode, tell your friends, your coworkers, your folks, 
put it in the group chat, all your group chats, whatever. I just appreciate word of mouth so much, so, 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 so much. So again, thank y'all for tuning in and supporting Chase of Brown. As always, I'd like to leave you with this. I hope that you would be well, love well, and be loved well. You deserve that. So until next time.